0: Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week, Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away.
1: Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 601. We've got a great special guest for the show and a friend of the show. We've got Matt Medeas joining us, the director of podcasts and success at Kestos and a well-loved and respected podcaster himself with the Matt Report. I've also got my co-host, Stephen. Um, Stephen, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers?
0: Yeah, my name is Stephen Satter from ZipFish.io. Uh, we make WordPress fast by optimizing the code that runs WordPress and the code that runs on the server.
1: And Matt, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Sure, Matt uh, Medeiros, Director of
2: Podcaster Success at Castos, avid WordPress podcaster, occasional product maker, marketing person, and business person.
1: And um, the main areas we're going to be covering in this podcast are going to be asking Matt about his move to Castos, um, about his latest plugin, easy support videos, um, what have been some of the trends and memorable things that he's noticed in his most recent um, podcasts, From the Matt report, I've chosen four of my favourite. We're going to discuss that. And then probably in the bonus content, we're going to be discussing WordPress in general. Um, You know, the leadership, you know, is automatic going to go public soon. A load of WordPress stuff in the bonus content. Before I go into the main part of the interview, I just want to do my spot for Castles, who are my main sponsor. And I'm very... um, Thankful that they chose me, me to be one of their long-term um, sponsorships. Um, I moved to Castos. I just really love it. Um, I, one of the really great things I love about it is the simplicity of interface, yet it's still really easy to use. And what I mean by that is simplicity, a, a simple interface sometimes is not that easy to use. Um Where it comes to Castos, it is really easy to use. Um, They've also – it's such great value and they really helped me to move from my previous um, podcasting host. So if that sounds interesting and it should for yourself or for clients – you really should look at podcasting to help you promote your business. Go over to Castor's, have a look at what they've got to offer, and I suggest you sign up. So hopefully that was okay, Matt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no pressure with the host. No, no with pressure the, with, there with the sponsor
1: there. on the show. I've been singing the praises of it quite effectively, I feel. Uh, I'll be doing my best. So um, I've got the time on. I'll put in the show notes, which I'm going to amend, um, that you've been with Castles for around about 18 months, but it's only actually been 10. Um, I, I thought it was a great move. I was really happy for you. Um, how's, it, how's it been going? Has it been a bit of a, a surprise or has it gone the way you thought it, it would go, Matt?
2: Uh, you know, and Jonathan, you know this as much as anybody. Uh, I've been a podcaster for you know nearly a decade now and I thought I knew everything about Like podcasting, I thought about I. I thought I knew about all the software, all the web hosts, all the podcast hosts that are out there, how people use podcasting, and that was a a huge uh, surprise to just learn how big the industry actually is, how not so dissimilar it is from um, uh, from WordPress. Like, you know, the cool kids at the cool lunch table is uh, in WordPress world is, is here in podcasting uh, 10x, right? Because sometimes we're talking about celebrities. Um, and that was just all really, you know, interesting to me. Uh, I really love the role. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a the reason why I made the transition is because it's a perfect fit for like what I love to do, which is podcasting, content creation, sales, product, marketing. It's all of this stuff balled up into uh, into a day job, so you know it feels great, and I've been happy so far.
1: Yeah, I'm really delighted for you. Um, when I heard the move, I thought, "Why God, what a perfect job for Matt! It's the kind of it's the kind of dream job, really. Matt podcasting WordPress, all kind of mixed up together. You know, it was like it was made for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's one of the things that Craig. Uh, the the founder of Castos, you know, when he reached out to me, he he kind of said that in in not those exact words, but almost those exact words, like I have a role I've made for you, and uh, like I would love for you to come along for it. So I was like, this is this
1: is cool, this is great. Right, it's fantastic. Over to my great Stephen.
0: Um, What is what does somebody
1: do? What does the day
0: to day look like? For a podcast success. It sounds like one of those like great titles that are just, I, I was listening to a podcast recently and somebody had the title of like director of tequila or something. Um, <laughs> which is like, wow, that, that sounds like a fun job. But I feel like, like your title sounds like one of those fun jobs too. That's just like... Uh, uh, like it's full of, I don't know, like going on people's podcasts and talking and meeting interesting people, or what does that look
2: like? Yeah. So there's dynamic stuff and there's static stuff. The static stuff is as a customer success person, right? When you're wearing that hat, you know, in a traditional software customer success role, it's helping people understand how to use the software, obviously, how to be successful with the software. You know, are, are they meeting the goals that the software is actually being built to, to use? And it's a little bit of that, but. But the interface of podcast hosting, there's not – like once you learn it once, there's not many moving parts. It's not like we're rolling out like Asana or Basecamp where it's like, hey, new feature, new way to do things, new workflows all the time. So the podcaster part of that success is, you know, the of what it takes to actually be a podcaster. Like God. if somebody who's just starting out and they have a million questions, uh, 90% of them are all asking about the hardware, which is – pointless in the success <laughs> of uh of podcasting and creating yeah. content but that's where a lot of people start so it's creating content it's doing live streams we do two weekly um two weekly uh zoom meetings or town halls uh so i you know that's like the static part of it like these are the things i have to do to help people become successful and then the dynamic part is yet yeah, guest appearing on podcasts i also run the youtube channel there so just pumping out as much youtube content i can uh in in the form of tutorials in the form of industry stuff around podcasting Mm -hmm. and that's like that and and then hosting the audience podcast which is castos's podcast so that dynamic part as you both know like when you're creating content you know sometimes it takes you an hour sometimes you waste two days and delete everything like like I'm, (laughs) i'm working on a new uh onboarding video right now for the for the plugin and you know I'm in that creator mode where I'm like, I'm eight hours into editing like this one minute clip. And I'm like, I hate this thing right now. <laughs> like I just, I could just delete it. Uh, you know, which is what I did largely before I, before I was paid to be a content creator. That's what I would do with my own stuff. You yeah. know, you waste time, you delete it, you throw it out, you start over again. That's the, the life of, of an artist, I guess. For sure. Do you,
0: Do you feel like there's like one or two things that makes a podcast successful? Like if someone was going to start a podcast, like what are like the primary things that one focuses on to to be successful in that space? Or is it just varies so drastically between podcast and podcast and the audience that you're going after?
2: Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, uh, you know, as the, as a host, if you're about to host your own podcast, you, you want to focus on, am I, am I serving and providing value to the, to the audience, which is, which is the obvious answer, but that means that there's work involved there. So everyone says, "Yeah, you provide audience to the you provide value to the audience." And and the work isn't even really creating the content. It's actually talking to the audience and finding ways to connect with them. And I mean, you literally have to message people, ask people to give you feedback, DM them, get in a Facebook group, get in a live chat and really get that feedback to make sure that people are are super happy. And then second is your own satisfaction. Um uh, for the podcast, like, have you, like, are you doing this? And is it feeling good? Because I think a lot of people start out and like episodes one through ten, super excited. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing people. This is great. I'm making cover art. Uh, you know, people are sharing my episodes and all that stuff. And then you run out of people <laughs> after episode ten to yeah. talk to, and you're like, w- what do I? What do I do now? And then it becomes a chore. And then you got people knocking on your door wanting to be on your podcast, and like all this stuff. That becomes the burden or the work, and you got to make sure that the content that you're after is is satisfying to you. Are you getting your opinions out? Are you getting your your thoughts out? Is it resonating with with the audience? And is it does it feel good to you? Um, and then then there's like the other success that you can you know measure and optimize for. You know, money, views, shares, like all that stuff. That comes that it's going to come later, and it's always going to change. Like that target's always going to move, but that internal creator. Um, you you have to be satisfied with that first, and yeah. you have to have a, a good following, whether it's a following of ten people or ten thousand people. Like you want to build that tribe.
0: Are Are there any metrics around like how long a podcast has to exist before it becomes successful? Because like in small business, everybody's like, oh, three years. Like most businesses fail within the first three years. Yeah. If you make it past that point, you have like a you know a much larger chance of succeeding over the long term.
2: You know, it was funny because I somebody asked me that same exact question yesterday, and it's going to change for every podcast, but but here's the thing. Yeah, podcast, like when you, it's like planting a flag in the ground. When you say you're going to do a podcast, the only thing you have to do to convince other people that you are a successful podcaster is to not give up. You could have zero listeners, right? You could have zero audience. But the mere fact that at least the people in, in, in our space, in the tech space, and and people who are savvy to podcasting, many of them know what the investment and what the challenge is to do a podcast, right? (laughs) So what I found is the mere fact that you continue to do a podcast, people will recognize you and say, she's putting in the work, he's putting in the work. Mm -hmm. They know that you're doing it and that you haven't given up. And there's like this cognitive... Uh, whatever, like, like there's this wait. They know it. They know that you're doing it. They might not listen to every episode, which is what I, obviously I found over the course of eight years in the WordPress space. Yeah. You, it's you know it's a trend. It's a wave. People come in. People come out. New people. Old people leave. People come back. um But not giving up. People still say, "Oh, he's the guy that does a WordPress podcast." And even in my local market, when I launched, uh, I have a local podcast that I do for where I live, south of Boston, SouthCoast.fm. It was like two weeks of me doing, a pod, doing that podcast when it launched back in 2018 where like people were already like in my local co-working spaces and, you know, when we were going to business events and stuff like that, they were like, oh, he's the guy doing that podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like you don't. You probably haven't even listened yet. You don't even know <laughs> but about they know, it, yet, right? They but, but there's just the mere fact. So, so long as you don't give up, um it could be ten episodes, ten hundred, or hundred episodes. It, it it doesn't matter. Just, I think there's a there's a weight to the fact yeah. that people know you're doing it.
1: That's yeah, great. Just, just keep going. I want to uh? move move on now. um this let's this, this, this talk about your new plugin. And then we we'll probably go for our break. Um so it's called easy support videos.
2: Yeah.
1: Um you know, it you know, it's for the back end, it's for the mm-hmm. admin. Much easier to explain what it what it does <laughs> than um conductor, conductor, isn't it? Is yes, that Jonathan. one of the things you learned from I'm your gla- conductor I'm- still goes and you were very generous giving me a lifetime yeah. license for that? And it's still going, but is that one of the Things you learn from yes. your experiences with Conductor, it's got to be uh, easy to explain.
2: Yeah, when I started the agency um, back in two end of 2007, going into 2008, um, I was like every other WordPress agency. Well, not every, but almost every. I was just like, hey, this client stuff, pretty tough let's do this product thing, which looks so easy and everyone's printing money. So let's go <laughs> after that. So, you know, we went the route of, of WordPress themes. We were, you know, fairly successful with that. And then we got into conductor, like seeing what we were doing with themes and then inevitably saying, wow, we should get into this plugin game too. And we we're building a, a version of conductor. And a, and to shorten this story, what what I learned really quick, well, not really quick, what took me a lot of pain and money, <laughs> uh, and, and time to realize was it was too far ahead of its time. So, Jonathan, I know you had experience with the conductor. Maybe some people listening have had it as well. It's it's we were doing trying to do like what Gutenberg is doing these days, a block move it around and display content. Like the stuff that Gutenberg is doing in like a obvious way today and we'll have a query block inside of full site editing soon. That's what Conductor was. And I was trying to shoehorn that into what everyone was saying was the future of WordPress at that time, which was the customizer, right? So it was just like, we're all going to the customizer. And I like turned to my team and I'm like, we're going to the customizer. Let's, Mm. Let's build this thing. And we had a plugin called Note where If you were in the customizer, just like you see with Gutenberg today, like if you're in a Gutenberg editor and you just hover over the places, you can put a block, you see a line that lights up with a little dot on it. Like we built that. The plugin's still in in the repo. I should probably expire it. I don't really know how to at this point. But you could do like that same UI. Like we had built that in the customizer. And it's, I know there's a lot of product owners out there who are, have been way too early to market. And this is the same feeling like anyone who's launched something too early knows what exactly what I, what I feel like and what I'm saying. Cause back then I was like, well, you know, we're going to the moon. And you know, when I first launched conductor, we sold $5,000 of licenses in a day. And I literally remember being on that YouTube live stream that I was announcing it and already thinking to myself, like, what color Porsche am I going to get? Like, I just made $5,000 in an hour selling this product. I am going, I've, I've hit it. And it slowly tailed off. It did fairly well, you know, making a few thousand bucks a month at it, at its prime. But it was never enough for us to quit agency work and build out uh, and build a product. It was too complicated. It was too early and it was too much support. All of that is to say, I quickly, re- well, again, not quickly, but I realized over time that, an ambitious product or a product with a lot of a lot of bells and whistles, there's a lot of overhead there that, that many of us forget to take account for. And the more simplistic a product is, the more aha moments you can give somebody with less code, the better chances you'll have. And we had launched easy support videos, I think like three years ago in the WordPress repo. People were just using it, sending us messages. I love this thing. I love this thing. This is great. You know, I'd, I'd love to be able to embed more videos or put videos on, Um, like a custom, like speaking of advanced custom fields, I put it on my custom post types page to teach my customers how to use custom fields right inside of WordPress. So they don't have to email me or call me or message me. And that's what, that's how we built easy support videos. So you can just embed videos inside of WordPress admin in a gallery page or on individual screens inside of WordPress. So a little video pops up that you make as a consultant and it's better support. It's easier support. And it's a little bit of like, you know, branding, a little bit of white glove. The customer feels a little bit more attached to you. So we're, we're like everything else, we're testing it out, seeing how it's going. And we have a lot of great feedback, but it's low support. People get it. And there's not a lot of development support to it either. So like Conductor was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. We supporting themes, integrations, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And forget explaining what the WordPress query is to people, average customers. <laughs> not even a chance,
1: right? So, Well, it's, it's a, to, to wrap up before we go for a break, mate, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, look at Alamater. I think they're up to, I think in your own podcast, you said they're up to 7 million. Um, it's hard to go, you know, do you go, you know, try and be an Alamater or do you? But on reflection, I think to reduce the risks in some ways, it's better to go in... With a product that's a bit better than the competition, but the competition have sown the seeds, if you know. Yeah. But then it's just a marketing challenge, isn't
2: right. it? Yeah, launching a product in any space is difficult. It doesn't matter if you're selling ice cream on the, you know, down the street, or if you're selling WordPress plugins. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult to get product market fit, to get awareness, and just to get all of the cylinders firing. Um, You know, and a lot of it, like you said, is going to come down to sales and marketing, messaging, positioning, Um, you know, and as a non-developer, Conductor was just too difficult for, you know, uh, or any code base or any complicated product is going to be too difficult to support and build out while trying to do all this other stuff you know so it's a it's just a super fine balance unless you have a boatload of money <laughs> you know and you can just keep throwing it at it but you know we were trying to do the organic bootstrapped balancing act you know and i feel like look over the course of our themes and our in our plugin our conductor plugin which was what six seven years something like oh, that
1: normally.
2: i probably you know we total collectively we probably made a quarter of a million bucks in hmm. digital sales over six or seven years, right? So, I mean, it's, you know, there are people who print qu- a quarter million bucks a month, <laughs> you know, with Elementor, right? Like there are people who print that kind of money monthly. Um, but over it's not quarter- bad though, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it, it still is just never enough yeah. to like what you're investing in, what you're doing, and, you know, to, to, to just... It's better, that's just the,
1: it's better than the kicking the bum, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's better than absolutely nothing. Right? So I feel like there's some success in that.
1: No, or at least so. that's what I
2: try to tell myself for
1: reinforcement. right. <laughs> we're going to go for our break. When we come back, we'll be delving a bit more about latest Matt Reports episodes. we were be discussing where WordPress has been going. We've got a ton of stuff to discuss. We'll be back in a few moments.
3: Launch flows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, Your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of LaunchFlows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try LaunchFlows today.
1: Coming back, I'm only under a little bit of pressure. The grandfather of WordPress podcasting, Matt, with us, uh, um, uh, Matt's such a great guy. Um, I remember when I first started podcasting with my crazy co host, Bill, crazy Bill. Uh, um, mm. he's still, still a friend, actually, but as bonkers as, as ever. Uh, um, he's on
2: horseback somewhere with six shooters just running oh, around. Oh, god, <laughs> days.
1: Uh, Rob, um, you were you agreed to come on the show and it was really bad. Uh, um, but I think you were my third. Full interview, and you just agreed to come on. And um, I'm always very appreciative of you agreeing to do that, Matt, because um, you definitely didn't need to do it. Uh, um, so, uh, um, before we go into our next question, I want to um, I want to tell you about a webinar I'm doing with Spencer Forum. You all know Spencer is on my roundtable show. We've been doing, this is our um, final webinar of a series of three that we've been doing about his product, Launch Flows, and also about how to combine it with a group of key plugins so you can build for your clients or for yourself really something comparable to ClickFunnels at about the fifth of a, the cost of something like ClickFunnels. Um It's going to be an amazing webinar. It's going to be about an hour or less. You'll be at the end of it, around about the 40-minute mark. You'll be able to ask us questions or ask Spencer questions. And when are we doing this? We're doing this on Friday the 11th at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. In all the episodes and um, all over the website, there's a link to the webinar you go over to a uh, page on Launchflow's website. Um, you just give your name and email. We, they, he just uses it to remind you a day before the webinar that it's coming up, and you'll be able to join us and ask questions. It should be a blast. Um, so the Matt report, I, I think, you know, some of the things, like I say, um, I think a couple of the f- topics that seemed to come through, it was Headless WordPress and Restless API, you know. Um, I think a couple of, some of the shows that stuck in my memory recently was um, Defining the Chief Operating Officer. That was with Lisa Wilson. Um, I thought that was an excellent episode. Um, WP Crafts QL, Jason Bailey, Um I had to listen to that about three times. Talk about rich in content! Wow, you, you know, but um, really fantastic guy and really knows his stuff. And it, if you really want to get some understanding about, I just loved it because it really showed some of the reasons why I still get excited about WordPress because all these possibilities, isn't it, Matt? Um, another one. Um Nathan, Nathan uh Wigley, you know, and Paul Lacey, you know, I know Paul, he's coming on the round table show. He's a great guy. Um, I really thought that was interesting, you know, how do you build a podcast? How do you monetize it? Um, and obviously Nathan now is um the public face of um not WP Tav and the podcast. WordPress tavern. Uh, 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 good luck to him. Um, and I, I think the last one, you know, I'm a bit biased because you interviewed Brian Jackson, and um, Brian's a friend of mine, and he regularly comes on the Roundtable show. I personally think Brian is one of the brightest people in WordPress. He, he's um, And he's so unassuming, but he's a bit of a monster. What do you think about some of the podcasts I've chosen? You know, do you think are they some of the ones that stick in your mind as well?
2: Well, I've noticed that you you didn't really choose any of the no code, uh, no code, low code episodes that I did. Um, One of the things I'm trying to do is, which I'm sure a lot of there's, there's yours included. There's a ton of WordPress podcasts that are out there. And when at the top of the show, we we're talking about like what makes a show successful. And I say part of that is satisfying yourself as a content creator. And what I'm trying to do is like I've seen what WordPress has done, obviously, as a user for the last 12, 15 years. And then as a podcast host over the last eight to nine and I've seen what people have done in, in terms of like excitement, like what has really made people excited about WordPress. And, you know, back in the day, it was just the mere fact that there was all these themes that you could quickly install. And then the rise of the rise and fall of like Theme Forest and like Code Canyon and like what people were doing um, with it. And then page builders came along like that same excitement. And really, it is all boiling down to enabling and empowering somebody to build something without any real coding development. And let's be honest here, I think the, the, the content that still does the best in the WordPress ecosystem is developer focused because that's how many people that's like, if you look at any top like WordPress news site, it's the ones that can always get the most votes is like, you know, I don't know how to tab space your functions, PHP files. It's like, why <laughs> this is what's winning, right? It's okay. That's fine. And then there's, then there's the end user tutorials. Cause I have the plugin to YouTube channel, which I've, you know sorely neglected since I started castles because I'm so busy, but that kind of how to use something is is super popular the business, the marketing, even like the community focused content unless it's coming from dot org is not you just don't yeah, have but that I know what you're gonna audience. say
1: because I think I'm saying to it's that's the stuff you're really in- and that's the stuff I'm really interested right. in as well right but it's not the most popular is it
2: right Right, like, you're already, like you're, you look at WordPress on a global scale and as big and as popular as this on the internet, there's only like 1% of people who actually care about it and the majority of that tiny fraction are largely developers, <laughs> right? And then there's like the business people in it and then that, that shrinks even more. So this doesn't really answer your question of like what my favorite shows are, but what I've been trying to do is look at what, what and how and why WordPress was so exciting for a lot of people and then look at other markets like no code and say, look how excited people are to use this platform called Bubble. They're building businesses just like people were with WordPress. It's powerful software. It's empowering them to do things that that they can't really do, nor have the time to do or the money to do, just like page builders. And even like theming WordPress was ACF, Generate, uh, Genesis and all this stuff. It's all of that same thing. So I'm, I I am foolishly trying to, combine the two worlds because I think there can be crossover, right? I think that there's an agency or a WordPress freelancer out there who stops looking at WordPress as like the entry-level solution and be like, you know what? This takes time, planning, money, management, support. We're going to elevate WordPress up here and maybe somebody coming in who doesn't have a budget and I need to do this fast, let me go to Webflow. Let me me bring Webflow into my toolkit you know, or another piece of software, right? Or you want to get into like app development. And instead of looking at WordPress as the hammer and let's get, let's go after all the nails with WordPress. Well, maybe if you're going to build a traditional web app for somebody, maybe WordPress isn't the answer. It's, it's bubble, right? Or, and then I'm also doing SaaS, right? SaaS software as a service. So people like Brian Castle and, you know, a bunch of other folks who there is WordPress crossover there. Cause a lot of people use WordPress as a as a springboard to SAS or your traditional SAS. But just trying to cover all the bases these days, you know, with the Matt report to try to broaden, you know, the awareness.
1: And yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. I don't yeah. I'm not sure how successful it'll be, but uh um... Yeah,
2: I mean I think that's what everyone, you know, has to do. And and for me, like new branding, constantly like always evolving the brand. I try not to leave it stagnant. And, you know, I launched the WP Minute podcast. And that's for me to be like, look, this will 100% be WordPress all the time. <laughs> like this, it's the WP Minute. So you're not going to cover anything else. And that's to keep people connected to WordPress. And, and that's my strategy uh, through
1: 2021. Um, I thought, you know, the interview with Lisa Wilson, you know, like she was, it came across, she was so honest with you about all the balls that she's juggling, you know, like you said to her like three years ago, it sounded like they were having a tough time competing with Adobe. Um, that's died down. I've got the impression what she was saying, that's died down a bit. But Adobe were really gunning for them and some of the, like, some of the other large agencies like 10Up and that. I I was hearing that they, because of that, that they were pitching for other jobs that, they normally wouldn't. So that was having consequences for the tier two mm-hmm. WordPress agencies because the bigger agencies were encroaching. So it was tumbling downwards, really. But um, I think that's plateaued to some extent. Do you think I'm right about that, Matt?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, when you're a, the size of of a web dev or the size of a 10-up, um, you know, it, it is a, it's a competitive scene, right? It is no doubt about it. I've known Lisa and Brad for a long time. Uh, obviously consider them, you know, f- you know, f- close friends. Uh, we, we talk often. So, yeah, I mean, she's super smart. You know, I think there's, again, like when we talk about like products, people think, ah, you just, like I did, <laughs> you launch a product, buy a Porsche, right? That's what everyone does. And then you realize that, you know, there's f- f- so much other overhead <laughs> that goes into this stuff. Same thing with, with agency life. Like if you really truly want to scale an agency, uh, you know, to that size, there there's stuff you have to think about. And a chief operating officer is certainly one of them. And it's somebody who oversees the operations of everything. And you have to have somebody as sharp and as, and as experienced as Lisa to understand sales, marketing, development, you know, branding, messaging, client services, support like hiring HR like it is a it's a massive role right COO um you know and 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 it's just it's 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 a tough game when you're when you're when it's that competitive it is another episode that just came to mind I'm gonna forget the guy's name but if you just search on my site barrel agency like roll a barrel down a hill barrel agency um you know, he uses WordPress, but they're they're a New York-based uh, agency. It's a small-ish shop. I want to say maybe like 20, 25 people. Um, but that was a fantastic, you know, episode as well. Uh, one, and by far one of my favorite episodes was years ago with a good friend of mine, Jose Caballier. Um, he worked for uh, Razorfish, which was a massive agency, yeah. you know, many years ago. Uh, And it was just a fantastic conversation. He run something called the School, or he did something called the School, S-K-O-O-L. And he was talking about selling six-figure contracts to customers because that's um, what he was doing at Razorfish. I mean, that six figures was just entry level, right, for a lot of those people. And I remember the title of that show was How to Charge. This is when I was a young podcaster, content creator. I was like, the title was How to Charge Your Clients $100,000 Per Project. And, you know, I guess back then my SEO was good. And in like a couple of weeks, anyone searching for him to hire him as a as a creative director was finding my podcast episode with him. And he was like, hey, man, can you change that title? Because people are <laughs> reaching out to me to do work and they think I'm going to screw them by charge just just simply charging them $100,000. He's like, can you change that title? I'm like, yeah, no problem. But that is also a fantastic episode. He's a great guy.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, we're going to wrap up the podcast, the show, but um, Matt's agreed to stay on for our bonus content. In the bonus content, I'm going to let Stephen have a question. Uh, Robert, though, it's just uh, giving a lot of air to Matt. Um, and we're going to be discussing how WordPress in general is doing, um, automatic, there's just a load of stuff. I'm going to give some of Matt my opinions so I can kill myself. Uh, It should be great. So join us, and you'll be able to watch the bonus and the whole interview on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. So, Stephen, what's the best way for people to get hold of you, Stephen? Uh,
0: Head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test, see how much faster your website
1: can be. Yeah, and Stephen's really helped with the WP Tonic website, made it more of a speed machine, not a laggard. (laughs) Thank you for that. Great team. Uh, Matt, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you are up to, Matt?
2: Uh, Day job, castos.com if you want to start a podcast. Uh, Matt Report, if you're interested in my podcast. But everything I do is crafted by matt.com. It's absolutely everything I do.
1: That's great. So remember, if you want to listen to the bonus content, go over to the YouTube channel. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.